Welcome. Under the husk, it is week one. We're back. Thursday night, September 7th. It is 6.45 p.m. in just about an hour and a half. The Chiefs and the Lions will be kicking off and the season will be underway. We've done the previews. We've done our drafts. The offseason program is done it is time to talk about week one matchups. Gino, are you ready to go? I'm ready to roll, baby. It's two pods in one week. We had to squeeze in the last of the team previews, but we got it done right in time. And it's going to be a fantastic Thursday pod. I feel great. We got the pod beers now, and we have the game beers in the fridge. We have a new sponsor for you, or maybe a new ad read, but no sponsor. Cannot wait to delve into it, and we have to hurry up because we have some joints to smoke. We do have some joints to smoke, and for Steiny, we got the Hammock Hazy Double IPA from New Trail Brewing. Uh, you let us know what you think about that. It's a nine percenter. God, <laughs> Pin's trying to put me in the dirt, but here we go. It is week one, and we are breaking down some matchups. So, without further ado, we will start with our first matchup featuring the last place team in Israel last season going up against the second place team in the division. We're talking about Evil Stevie, and we are talking about HHC. If you remember, Stevie had the chance, or, or HHC had the chance to win the division last year with a win over the lowly Stevie. They could not get it done. Is that a sign to come? The projections have HHC as a massive favorite with a 119 to 88 projection over Evil Stevie. Yes, essentially a 31-point favorite here. Uh, Some consider this a revenge game, uh, a get-right game, if you will, for HHC coming off that uh, terrible— Week one get-right game. A terrible week 13 loss. Look, I've been thinking about it all offseason. It's haunted me, and I really think from uh, an HHC standpoint, Joey Baggs saying, look, start off week one, one 1-0. I don't care who we play, start off 1-0. Uh, Evil Stevie happens to have the second lowest point projection of the week. I think number one lowest. Ugh, don't tell the people. We're going to get there. Two. You don't want your name called out on that stat, Jim. But I will say Evil Stevie is already dealing with some injuries. Christian Watson, second-year guy, is hurt. Uh, but as we get into the quarterback matchup here, Lamar Jackson right now is projected 19. I see him going over that against Houston. Desmond Ritter call it 14. I think that's right in line against Carolina. But Tua going against a tough Chargers defense, 16. I like the over. And Russell Wilson against the Raiders, 14. Also like the over as well. I think the quarterbacks are going to wash out. I think the tight ends are going to wash out. I think where the matchup's going to be one of the running backs and the receivers. You got Chubbius. You got Dobbins. Two AFC North guys like to run the ball. Going up against Cook, Gibson, and Jarek McKinnon. Not to mention Brian Robinson going up against the leaky Arizona Cardinals defense. Give me HHC there. And then Marquise Hollywood Brown, who tweaked his hammy, but he will, will play. Stephon Diggs and Chris Olave against Nico Collins, Darnell Mooney, Elijah Moore. As I mentioned, Christian Watson hurt. Don't even think this is a close one. Wide receivers are going to win this for HHC. Could be a Monday night schwitz. I hope it's not a Monday night schwitz with Stephon him. Give me HHC 127, Evil Stevie 92. Won't even have him cracking 100 to start off the year. Yeah, I you have agreement in terms of the outcome. I do believe that some of the numbers that are being presented here in terms of projections are a little low for some of Stevie's players. Uh, for example, Elijah Moore with a three-point projection. I think if he's on the field, he's he's going to get more than that. Um, 
And then I, I tend to think Tua and Russell Wilson will both go over. You talked about the QB matchups. I do believe it's a wash. Uh, that being said, you have Stevie, a team who is very open about their upcoming tank, uh, and an HHC who is very confident in their roster. We talked about it uh, on our show just two days ago. I agree that HHC is going to start the season 1-0, call it 122-2. I'm going to say Stevie gets over the 100 mark, 101. You don't cover the spread, but you do get the win. Well, I appreciate that. And look, to, for starters, I went way too fast there. Um, so if you thought that I was just we were going 2x speed, that's because I breezed through it. Uh, like I said, we are on a little bit of a time crunch, but I will slow the pace down for these next five matchups. Plus, no one likes to hear about HHC trouncing Evil Stevie. Um, I will say this, though. We talked about on Tuesday about who my tight end is going to be. Well, there's a new tight end slot in my starting roster. I think I'm going to leave it there. As of now, Luke Musgrave, rookie tight end, third-round pick, starting in his rookie debut for the Packers, also for HHC, a true corn man who I did the, my research. He was not born in Oregon, but he actually grew up there. He was born in uh, Pennsylvania. So Okay, well, which also ties to the Wah dynasty. He's the Wah dynasty. Yeah. It, is, it is all coming to fruition. I, I like so. to start. I like to start. I think it's confidence boost for a guy who is getting a lot of hype. And to, to see his name in HHC's starting lineup week one should be a confidence boost. I will say, you did breeze through those those lineups, but I think that if this is a pod that we can keep in the 30-minute range along the season, you know, we're going to have recaps to go through. Right. Um, but I think the pacing is good. We'll get we'll keep our, our listeners on board and, and listening if we do, you know, no more than five minutes a, a, a show or a, a, a preview. Mm-hmm. So I like it. We will move on. The second matchup that we will preview is a very interesting one, in my opinion, in the Israeli division. You have JOS uh, narrowly missing the playoffs last year with a with a pretty high point total. They stumbled down the stretch a little bit, but I think the players kind of gave up on the season. Uh, taking on a Nadadi Kong who, for the last two seasons, was considered to be a favorite for not only the playoffs, but to make runs. And they find themselves in uncharted territory this year uh, with both co-hosts projecting them to miss the playoffs. The Vegas line is very close with JOS as a two-point favorite with a 122 to 120 projection over Nadadi Kong, a very important matchup in Israel for two teams that are looking to right the ship right away. Yeah, I would say outside of Iron Dome and Snake Eyes, this is the most compelling matchup of the week in my opinion. Uh, As you mentioned before, two teams who did miss the playoffs last year um, but two teams who had pretty solid rosters last year. Also two teams who got off the pretty bad starts last year, and I think that's going to be the big thing for both JOS and the DaddyCon. They have to start off strong, and it starts in week one. These division matchups and these division games in Israel are going to count for everything. Um, we talked about a pre-pod. This is probably a matchup of two of the best quarterback rooms. Uh, on one side, JOS, you have the heavy hitters and probably be a weekly advantage every single week. Trevor Lawrence, Patrick Mahomes, uh, I would say both have plus matchups. You're talking about on the road against the Colts, and you're talking about tonight, Thursday night, home against the trip. But on the other side, you look Justin Herbert. Okay, he'll probably be able to shred the Dolphins. Daniel Jones, tough pass rush against Dallas, but I like his ability to move um, 
with I'm sorry, move on the run and score more than 15. Big one here, Nadadikan. Plus matchups from the running back position, JOS down matchups from the running back position. Don't like Najee against the Niners. Don't like Ramondre against the Eagles. And don't really like Kenneth Walker at all. But I don't like him on the Rams, uh, against the Rams. On the other side, Josh Jacobs should be able to find room against Denver. David Montgomery might score tonight against the Chiefs. And Jamal Williams with Kendra Miller gone is a huge matchup advantage against Tennessee. I like his over on nine. I think the wide receivers might be a push here. Terry McLaurin battling turf till he'll play. Michael Pittman, probably a lot of garbage time. And then Jalen Waddle is obviously your one. But on the other side, Keenan Allen, Jalen Waddle. Right now, Keenan Allen's projected more. That's probably a wash, if you would agree with yeah, me there. Yeah, I do agree with you. Um, and then I think T. Higgins and Debo Samuel slightly better than the Terry McLaurin and Michael Pittman, although it's still probably going to be close. Right now, they're projected plus one, plus two. Um, the big news here for Dindaddy Kong, which you'll have to monitor, is yep, exactly the health of George Kittle. Mm-hmm. So if George Kittle does not play, I think this game's a lot closer. Um even if there's a solid replacement there for Nadadi Kong, um, I still think that this one's going to lean towards Nadadi Kong. I have Nadadi Kong winning this game. I think it's going to be a very close margin of victory. Um, by the way, Mike Gesicki is the backup for Nadadi Kong. <laughs> so don't trust him to score 10. Like I said, it would be a lot closer of a game. Nah, um, I don't trust him to score anything. Right. You could still make additions. Um, but I would say Nadadi Kong right now by a very slim margin, six-point margin, 121 to 115 don't think JOS has enough at the running back position this week. Yeah, it's a good breakdown. I, I uh, As we talk through this, um, there are things that I'm seeing on both sides that would say that's the reason to go with JOS and that's the reason right. to go with Nadaddy Kong. I have Nadaddy Kong winning this game. Um, and it's really, like you said, a result of the matchups for many of their players. But... The Kittle situation is very uh, interesting in that you said they can go out and add a guy. They got to do it uh, within the next couple days. And I could see a situation where George Kittle's a game-time decision uh, or he's limited and and you got to make the decision, do I play a limited Kittle or not? Limited. Um, So it's interesting. I do think uh, a guy like Jamal Williams could end up having a huge game. You mentioned it. Uh, and I am a little bit nervous about a Terry McLaurin across the field um, playing against a really weak Cardinals team where he may not even have to play in the second half of the game. Uh, and I could really see him kind of just going out there, running routes early on, and then just kind of, you know, they don't, wh- why would you risk it? So right. I-, I like the matchups on the Daddy Kong's side, but don't hear what I'm not saying. I think JOS has a very strong roster and a team that I do not want to face throughout the year. I think it takes a couple weeks or maybe a week to get going, especially with the matchups. I'm going to go with a pretty high scoring number here, 132 to 126 in a pretty close game. Nadaddy Kong starts 1-0 in their redemption tour. I like it. Let me pose a question to you right now. We both have Nadaddy Kong. But JOS has two players tonight, Patrick Mahomes and Sam Laporta, and Daddy Kong has one, David Montgomery. Yeah. And Daddy Kong wakes up tomorrow, and he's down by X amount of points, and he feels that he's schwitzing. What's that margin right now? If you have to say, I feel really good tomorrow morning waking up, mm, don't feel so great. Yeah, I mean, if Mahomes puts up 30, say, and Laporta puts up 10, 
and then DeMont puts up his projection. Um, I think he starts Fitzing, especially when, you know, George Kittle is uncertain. So, yes, if I think if JOS puts up 40 points tonight, which is reasonable. Okay. I don't know what Laporta's involvement is going to be. You know, he's been talked up, but who knows. Um, and then DeMont, you know, does what he's supposed to do. I, I think... I'm I'm a little scared if I'm if I'm the daddy Kong because then you start talking about like it's not upside it's like how do I get to the point total right versus like let's just play our guys so it's gonna be interesting I think this matchup is gonna be close no matter what and you have sure. Daniel Jones on Sunday night uh, you have do you have any any Monday night guys in this in these rosters no Monday no nights. no Monday nights but I think uh, it's gonna come down to a late Sunday finish for sure. Yeah, definitely, and I think that, that, like you said, the Daniel Jones, if he's forced to score 20, you know, let's go. Drop your nuts on the table week one. Let's see what you're made out of, but it's not going to be decided Thursday. It's not going to be decided Sunday at no. 1. It's going to be close throughout. Definitely agreement with you on the take, agreement with you on the pick. Uh, so I'm looking at the show notes. Do we go to this next matchup on the show notes, or do we leave it for last? Do we leave the matchup of the week for last? We go right to it. We it go right to the it. the matchup of the week sponsored by Mr. Raps. That's right. We talked about a new sponsorship, but a similar and familiar partner. Classically trained chef applies his creative talent to Raps and more now busy people can enjoy your fresh specialty sandwiches, hot homemade soups, crispy salads, t- tasty potatoes, and much more. Check out our menu and catering options. Don't forget to check out our sp- daily specials at Mr. Raps. We're passionate about creating delicious foods for our friends, neighbors, and clients. Don't be fooled more than Raps. You know, they used to say that uh, the temperature dropping, the days shortening was a sign of the fall coming. I think it's a Mr. Raps ad read that really shows you that fall is right around the corner. We are back. Our sponsorship money is coming in. No problem. Uh, Gino mentioned it. It is the spo- uh, is the matchup of the week. It is Iron Dome. It is Snake Eyes. It is what Vegas has deemed to be the two front runners in Israel. Uh and Snake Eyes has said, I don't know how I lose this year. Uh, well, I'll tell you how. If Travis Kelsey cannot play. Uh, the current line is 122 to 118. Snake Eyes is a four-point favorite. Um, you know, it's week one. Nobody's going to lose the season in week one. But these two teams who are vying for the top spot want to get off to a good start. Especially when you start heading across the border into Palestine, where we mentioned might be a weaker division this year. Gino, what do you think about this matchup of the week? It certainly is a matchup of the week. There's no uh, debate on that. I think most weeks when you're looking at the slate, you could have two, three, hell, you could have four matchup of the weeks, depending on the time of year, depending how close those standings are. Uh, I will say I think it's slightly disrespectful that the Dome is the underdog. Uh, yes, he is a road dog, but he is coming off a better regular season at 10-4. and four. Um, Yes, Snake Eyes made it further in the playoffs, but I think this roster, in my opinion, top to bottom, is, is better uh, on the away side, on the Iron Dome side. However, it's not who has a better roster, who has a better roster that week. So let's dive into it. Joey B banged up all offseason. He'll play, not worried, maybe worried about his top-end production against Cleveland, but I don't think 30 is out of the realm of possibility. I think 16 is his absolute floor. I consider him more of a 22-24 guy. And how how Oh, 12.89? 
That's again, low. More like his floor. Now, I was shocked to see Desmond Ritter at 14. You have to just assume Sam Howell, <clears throat> unless he just gets pulled, is, is going to score by 15 <laughs> points. Right, he's going to score 15 <laughs> points. So I, I think those two guys are getting disrespected. On the other side, I think Stafford's 15 and Kirk Cousins is 18. Similar story. Um, I give the edge slightly to Iron Dome just because of the Joe Burrow factor. However, I would not be surprised if Kirk Cousins is the highest scorer out of the four. Now, the running backs are really close. I think that C-Mac on paper is the best one, but I don't really like his matchup on the road. Heinz Field, tough place to play. James Conner should get a lot of volume in a blowout game, maybe receptions. Then Damian Pierce, same story. But I think the matchups are better for Iron Dome. You have Joe Mixon that same game against the Browns, Travis Etienne against the Colts, and the Bijamius man who probably could score the most points out of any running mm-hmm. back in this matchup against the Carolina team. He's making his debut. He's going to do a lot of things. I also think 14 is relatively disrespectful if you have Christian McCaffrey at 19. Would you agree? I would agree. Uh, but you can't ever speak out against Christian McCaffrey. So he should absolutely have the highest point projection, but I think some of my guys could probably come up. Well, yeah, I, I don't even think it's it's not a deterrent or a detriment on Christian McCaffrey. It's more confidence in Bijan. Um, I think he's going to smooth past 14, like run past that. Um, here's where I think the game could get a little bit even and maybe tilted. I think A.J. Brown, again, 14 to CD's 14. Those guys are probably going to even out. I'm going to call it a wash for now. I like DK's Mac, uh, Metcalf matchups a lot uh, against the Rams. He's probably going to feast, and then Garrett Wilson's going to be involved. We saw that all offseason. So, in my opinion, Amon Ra's going to have to have a really big game tonight, which he's certainly capable of, because I don't trust Lockett and I don't trust Gerald Everett enough, enough to compete with this Titan on the other side. I do think the injury of Kelsey has mitigated somewhat of Hayden Hurst. He could be the second option there this week. I think Metcalf has a better game than Lockett, and again, that's probably what it's going to come down to. Give me Snake guys in a really close one to start off the season, 131-125, fireworks in the matchup of the week. Yeah, I have a few questions to pose to you. I think the quarterback breakdown was good. I think the running back breakdown was good. I have a few things to say about the wide receivers. Um, First of all, would you consider starting either Drake London or Christian Kirk over Tyler Lockett? Yeah, it's tough. Uh, I think it's it's even harder this week because on the other side, there is a Seahawk. So you're almost going to uh, win big. Or lose even right. bigger. So if you start Lockett and the two touchdowns go to Metcalf, that's, what, a 25-point difference? Uh, if they both even each other out and they both have good weeks, you mitigate that, but there's a lot of outs there. But that, so. Okay, so let me, here's what I'll say. I think that it's more likely that they both have good games against this Rams defense that they let up 41 points to the fucking right. Broncos in the preseason. Uh, in my opinion, if they score within five points of each other, that's a win for me. I agree. Um, what I'll say is the 12.74 for Amon Ra is a little disrespectful. I, I mean, but as is the 12.44 for Garrett Wilson, I think. I, I would, yeah, but, but Amon Ra did it last year. Not that Garrett Wilson didn't, but there's a, lot of, there's a lot of hypotheticals on the Jets side where we know what Amon Ra is, I think, in this Lions offense. Yeah, I'm going to push back, though. I think you know what Garrett Wilson is in this Jets offense. Well, do we, no, it's more like, do we know that Goff isn't better than Aaron Rodgers from a fantasy perspective? Well, I think they're both going to even each other out. I think that 12 is disrespectful for both. If they score closer to 16, 18, 
maybe even 20 points. Um, I would believe that. The game is going to be decided between Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf because I I think Hayden Hurst outscores Gerald Everett a little bit. I think you have a little bit of an edge on the running back, but I really think it's going to be DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And that's what's great about this game. It's going to come down to two teammates on opposite sides of the field. And my money's on DK. And he could have that two-touchdown game, but Lockett could as well. So I could beat my words. I think Lockett's going to be the receiver to get hurt by the JSN production as opposed to DK. So I will give my pick. I'm going to take myself here. How can I not in such a close matchup? I do agree that the totals will be relatively high. Uh, I'm going to say 132 to 128 Iron Dome. I will say this before we leave this matchup. I currently have Sam Howell in the starting position. I don't trust the MFL projections, but Anthony Richardson is projected more points. Uh, And... There's a part of me that's tempted to to throw him in there as my shiny new toy, but I do think this is going to be a thriller. I do think it is going to be high scoring. I'm going to take myself, but uh, Mr. Tonelli, good luck. I will see you shortly. Uh, the second half of the matchup previews, we will head into pa- uh, I almost said Pakistan again, Palestine. We, we did we did go to Pakistan. We circled back. We came we back got some around. Hummus from Mr. Ramps. We got some, we got some hummus. <laughs> Uh, now we're back. We're back. We mentioned. We are back. <laughs> we mentioned that there was one team with a lower point projection than Stevie this week. Oh, <laughs> uh, Pin just spilled everywhere. Uh, he's gonna go under the sink, get some paper towels, and clean that up. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was something. Um, there is one team with a lower projection than Stevie, and they are in this matchup. We're talking about the shrimp, and we are talking about boats. Two teams uh, headed in different directions, although there is a lot to be said about where you think boats is right now in the arc of their organization. The matchup is a forty, sorry, a thirty-nine point difference in favor of boats he is projected 121 to shrimps 82 gino's back from cleaning up the countertop what do you think about this matchup and is that point total a little bit disrespectful to the shrimp well three things i'm done cleaning the countertop but not the floor uh two things i don't think it's disrespectful for shrimp um and three things boats is just gonna absolutely roll um there's no doubt about it jared goff i think has a chance to put up North of 20? How bad is it? But did you see how that happened? I, I wish there was a video. <laughs> I wish there was a video. <laughs> oh, man. I am. Uh, I do think Jared Goff has the, the potential to score north of 20. Um, he's going to need it. Shrimp is because that's the only quarterback that he's rolling out there. Uh, meanwhile, on the other side, you have the Titan, Josh Allen, or the Bill, but he is a Titan in terms of fantasy, Josh Allen. And then Jordan Love going against a Bears defense who could he, he could easily exploit. Uh, again, don't think it's close in that regards. If you thought that only starting one quarterback was bad, then look at Shrimp's running back roster. Because right now it's third stringer Michael Carter and rookie third stringer Evan Hall. Yes, you've heard that correct. Those are his two starting running backs. Projected for a combined total, a combined total of 5.74. That's about 50 yards and a first down. Saquon Eckler, Brees Hall, one of the best running back rooms in the league. 
going up against a shrimp. Not even going to get into it that much. If each of them score 15, that's a pretty good day. Justin Jefferson, again, similar to Jared Goff, probably the only guy who could score north of 20. I think Ayuk, Godwin, and Devontae Smith all do enough for Boats to Cruise to a win. If there's any guy to pop off uh, from a matchup advantage, it will probably be TJ Hawkinson against Evan Ingram, but I wouldn't be surprised if Evan Ingram ends up outproducing TJ Hawkinson. So all in all, uh, I don't think that the shrimp is going to score the lowest total. Um, I think that might be Stevie. Just kidding. It's going to be shrimp. Uh, I have a huge win, Boats, 128 to 91, just one point lower than Evil Stevie. Uh, I want to give credit where credit's due, but again, you have to be honest on this pod, and that's what I do. So curious to hear your thoughts, if any, because it's going to be a Boats route. Yeah, I'm getting back into my seat. I did a little bit more cleaning of the beer. Uh, Let me just get this matchup up in front of me. Here we go. Uh, where is it? Why do I not see it? There it is. The shrimp at the boats. Yeah, I'm excited to see what Jared Goff can do this week. Like you said, he's only starting one quarterback, which in my opinion automatically puts you under the eight ball or behind the eight ball in our league. Um, Michael Carter, I don't know that he... 5.2 might be generous, to be honest with you, uh, considering that depth chart. I think Evan Hall outproduces. Yeah, sure. for sure. I was going to say, 0.34 for Evan Hall, that's the classic, like, rookie, um, like, we haven't seen, that's how they do their projections. Like, if you haven't seen the guy, they don't give him any points. Um, so, I, I'm excited to see what he does. He, he if, I think if he can, if he can take advantage of the absence of, of Jonathan Taylor right now and, and gel, if he can block for Anthony, uh, Anthony Richardson, that's really what I should say, then I think it's going to be interesting to see what he can contribute. Um, but yeah, I, I think when you look across these rooms and you talk about that running back room, it's kind of as far as it has to go in my opinion. Uh, I think maybe he can cover the 40-point uh, spread, but I don't think shrimp is going over 100 this week give me boats 118 give me shrimp 95 he doesn't cover but it's an easy victory for boats wow 95 points that's a that's a hell of a lot of points. well i mean listen i, th- I think i think evan hole can get closer to 10 uh evan hole's a number three i know but he's gonna he's gonna play and it, i i think he's the pass catcher in that offense um, is he the num- who is he third? I don't Zach- think Zach Moss is playing. Yeah, yeah. Zach Moss and Deion Jackson. He broke his fucking arm. Uh, anyway, I, I just see guys like Sky Moore having the potential to get more than six. I I can see Curtis Samuel getting more than six. Yeah, I like Sky Moore. Um, I think sure. Jared Goff could easily have 25 this week in, in a shootout game. Listen, he's not winning, but 82 is in the mix. I don't remember last year there were some really low scores, but that's like down as low as we've gotten in the in the cornfield so i just i want to be a little optimistic in week one no is there can we just is there a chance that he's like not fully set like his roster's not fully set like let's let's take a look i mean no there's no hen hen uh yeah i mean you you yeah i mean tyler boyd maybe no I mean, the thing is, Kamara... Deontay Johnson's not in the lineup. Is he? 
thought Deontay Johnson is in the lineup. Okay, yeah, yeah he is. Okay. Now, listen, he, he, that's that's what the, the lineup is. I just want to be optimistic and say that uh, we get everyone in the league over 90 points this week. Maybe I am wrong, and maybe I'm just being optimistic, but uh, whatever the case may be, Shrimp is losing to Boats this week. Well, we all know that. Um, but you know what? Just in the two minutes of looking back at the roster, yeah, why don't you give me Boats to... Uh, to have more than 92. I'm changing my projection. You mean shrimp. I'm, I'm sorry, shrimp. <laughs> how, how many points do you think he's going to have? Well, I had 91. I had one below Evil Stevie for the lowest of the week. Let's give him 93. <laughs> okay. All right, 93 points. You love to see it. Um, moving on to our next matchup. Uh, I love this one uh, just in terms of intrigue. Um, two teams that I think you would say are going in the opposite direction. Uh, one team made the playoffs last year, uh, lost in their first game. Um, the other missing out, you know, really at the end of the season, almost competing for the number one overall pick. But this year, with salary cap, uh, with a lot of well-placed rookie picks, they're going in the other direction. I am talking about Cosmic Gumbo, the eldest son of Don Pugliese. And I am talking about Motley Jew, a team on the rise who gathered a lot of picks last season, and I think consensus would say that they did well in the draft. The current projection is Gumbius, 113, Motley Jew, 99. Gino, do you think that's a fair representation of what these lineups show? No, I'm going to disagree with you there. I think uh, there is some disrespect on both well, sides. Well, you disagree with me, the, the platform. I'm going to disagree with MFL. Yeah. Gino's egg gummy is really kicking. And he's spilling beer. He's, he's, he's slurring. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he's swerving. Um, I, well, I'm disagreeing with you on, on many things in life. But for this argument, I, I think Motley Jew is extremely underrated here. Uh, only one guy projected to score north of 16 points, and that's Dak Prescott. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I think Motley Jew is going to have some scores this week. Um, this is one of the more interesting matchups of the week. So you got a guy like Cosmic Gumbo. One of the only three people in the league to make the playoffs two years in a row. You got a guy like Motley Jew, one of the only three players in the league to never make the playoffs through two years. Uh, but they're both going in different directions. I think Gumbo's on the, the come down, like you said, and, and Motley's on the rise. Kenny Pickett's been getting a lot of buzz. He's the captain now of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was the only offensive captain. What does that tell you about his leadership? They love him. Geno Smith, a nice plus matchup. I think both those guys go north of 16. Dak Prescott, Aaron Rodgers. Look, they don't have great matchups. They have good enough matchups. I think this one's going to be a wash. I wouldn't be surprised if Kenny Pickett um, is the reason why Gumbo loses because of that tough defense in San Francisco. But uh, I will say it does enough to even out. Derrick Henry, Madison, Miles Sanders for Gumbo going up against Gibbs, Aaron Jones, and Jordan Addison for Motley Jew. Gibbs is playing tonight. He's going to be used as a weapon all over the place. I still think Aaron Jones is involved both on the ground and in the receiving game. And Jordan Addison, I think, has a really good plus matchup for his first flex play. When you compare that on the other side, I don't love the matchup. Derrick Henry on the road against the Saints. Um, and then while Miles Sanders, I like the player. I just worry about week one, the Panthers being down early and then aborting the run to maybe preserve for the next week. So I'm going to give a big lean here on the running back position. Um, we talked about all offseason. Gumbo's wide receivers, they're not the best. And this week, they're not too good. 
You got Mike Williams, Alan Lazard, and DeAndre Hopkins against Motley Jews, Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley, and Kadarius Toney. I think Amari Cooper and Calvin Ridley are high-end wide receiver twos, whereas Hopkins is probably more of a mid, and Mike Williams is probably a low-end wide receiver two, high-end number three. This week's matchups kind of even out, but I really like Ridley against the Colts, and I really like Amari Cooper against the Bengals. And then the tight ends, two great tight ends. You have Mark Andrews and you have Darren Waller. Uh, disrespect on Dallin, Darren Waller only getting six and a half. I think we could agree there. Yeah, for uh, sure. Mark Andrews, 11 and a half against Houston. I think if he doesn't score first, they might not pass as much and they might start to run the second half. So he has to pop off in the first half. I think this one is going to be an upset, according to MFL, but I don't think it's going to be an upset based on the talent. Give me Motley Jew in a close one, low scoring, 122 to 116. Yeah, a little too much... Uh agreement on this pod but it's week one uh we will you know this may be a product of us not knowing but I agree I think Motley Jew is going to pull off the you know proclaimed uh upset because I think if you look back at our preview shows we both projected Motley to have a better season than Gumpius so maybe the platform with its sort of bias towards uh, veteran players may have this matchup where it is right now in terms of projection, but I agree with you. Um, it's it's not an upset. Uh, what I will say is on paper, the quarterback matchup favors Motley, but just because of name value, easily could see Cosmic Gumbo outscoring them in the quarterback room. Yeah, I would say the, the biggest thing there is Kenny Pickett having a bad game against San Fran. Yeah, but, but like... But I think Geno Smith can maybe score the most out of all three. Sure, Geno Smith could have 30 points. Right, uh, I, yeah, I, I do think it's it's a lot on Gino, which it rightfully should be every week, uh-huh. for Gumbo. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm glad you got that in there. But I, I, I do think, actually, interestingly enough, uh, the... You mentioned it, but the wide receiver room, which is not getting credit in the projection, is going to make all the difference for Motley Jew. Uh, Amari Cooper, I think, goes well over the 12. I have been a, you know anti-Calvin Ridley, but that 10.46 is disrespectful to him. Even if he isn't an absolute stud, I think he gets 15. Um, and then Jordan Addison is going to be interesting. Shocking to see him have a higher projection than Calvin Ridley, but I do think that they are going to try to get the rookie involved immediately. He's had good reports. I've heard people say that he's as pure as any rookie is coming into the year. I am going to take Motley Jew. I think it's going to be a lower scoring game, but I think they're going to get it done. 115 to 108. Cosmic Gumbo going to be scratching his head going into week two. Uh, our final matchup. It's a fun one. It's a fun one from a, I think, just friendship perspective, from a history, from how they typically view their rosters. Uh, if you're keeping up, you know that there's only two teams left available. Uh, it is the Phantoms, run by Bradley Parrott, taking on Deshaun's massage parlor, uh, last year's champion, Eric Puglisi, the youngest son of Don Pugliese. Um, you know, they've been roommates. They've known each other forever. They have the ability to be negative. I think it's going to be fun sitting next to both of them on Sunday. Gino, what do you see in this matchup that is about a 11-point favorite in the favor of Deshaun's massage parlor? Well, I think it's a little disrespectful for the Phantoms. I don't think he should be a 12-point underdog based on these two lineups. 
However, DMP is the reigning champ, and very, very similar to the matchup before, Gumbius and Motley Jew, it's a tale of two teams. DMP has the only team, only one of three teams to make the playoffs two years in a row. It's the Phantoms, one of two teams to never make the playoffs two years in a row. So it's one team heading right one direction. It's the Phantoms, on the other hand, hoping, hoping to elevate his game. I think Justin Fields and Deshaun Watson have provide a nice little floor for the Phantoms, and I really think it's a Jalen Hurts blow-up game that is going to win the matchup battle for the Phantoms. Um, don't love Jimmy G against Denver, but I do think if Jalen Hurts is capable of score, scoring his plus 25-30, um, then this will be a DMP matchup, but I like Justin Fields and I like Deshaun Watson to do enough for Bradley. Um, Cam Makers, Rashad White, Javante Williams. Are you asking me? I'm just saying. On paper, most of those guys go. However, when you evaluate the matchup, I disagree. Rashad White's going to be in passing game mode, so he's going to get a lot of checkdowns, high volume. Cam Makers could be in the same exact situation, on the field on third down, getting a lot of touches, getting a lot of dump downs. And Javante Williams could be involved more so than we think. So I, I think that the MFL system is underrating these running backs as the Phantoms. Would you agree there? Yeah, I mean, I'm a I'm a big believer in Javante Williams. I, I don't know what's going to happen um, week one, but I, I think he is going to be the guy over there, uh, and we know that he's talented. So um, I drafted Rashad White in Bob as my RB2, and I think he's got nobody really to compete. Yeah, you could say Sean Tucker, but he's undrafted. He's got a heart that's prone to exploding. Um, and I, I just think that they're going to hand him the keys. And I, fun fact that I saw recently, Baker Mayfield checked the ball down to running backs at like, I think the second or third highest rate in the entire NFL. So you mentioned it last week. He can't throw the deep ball. I think Rashad White's going to catch a lot more balls than people think. And yeah. um, I don't know. I, I see him being more of like a running back, 18 to 20 than, than like a 24 to 30. So yeah. he's going to contribute, and I think the 10.8 points is probably closer to the floor than anything. Yeah, I would agree there. And if you're saying that the quarterbacks are going to be an advantage for the Phantoms and now the running backs are because DMP really only has Tony Pollard and Zach Charbonnet, DMP is going to have to win this with his two heavy horses, and that's going to be his wide receiver room. Uh, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, they're going to have to show up the Phantoms gets a little bit of a knockdown with Cooper Cup, not only missing this week, but potentially on the IR. Um, we're testing out that depth and that bench pretty early and pretty often for the Phantoms. So you have Jamar Chase locked in as your one. DJ Moore slots in as your now official two. And deciding to go with George Pickens and a third running back for a flex um, and not other options that the Phantoms has at wide receiver. I also think right now that Dallas Goddard is going to break that 10-point seal. Uh, he has right now 9.5 projection. I like his over on 10. I think DJ Moore is going to establish himself as the number one guy in Chicago with Justin Fields. They're going to have a pretty good game. I think George Pickens is going to be an alpha. They're going to be forced to throw. Uh, maybe not a blow-up game, but just does enough. Um, and I don't know if Tyree Kill and or Devonta Adams are in line for that pop game week one. Might sound crazy. Um, give me the Phantoms 124 high scoring for him to Deshaun's 119. 
Yeah, again, way too much agreement in my opinion, but I am I'm taking the phantoms here. And you know what? I I think that for one, like you said, I think the the running back room is underrated, but I think the the wide receiver room is a little underrated too. If you think that these two passing offenses, Chicago and Pittsburgh, do take a step forward, and it's hard to imagine them taking a step back. So the floor, in my opinion, is there for both of these guys, and I think the 9.5 for both of them, or the, you know, the 9 to 10 for both of them, is the floor. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm laughing at that text that, that Danelli just sent. Um, I think Zephantums gets it done, and uh, I, I don't think it's close. I'm going to give Zephantums 130, and I'm going to give DMP 117. Uh, if we're wrong, we're going to hear the earful from EP if he even listens. But I think Zephantums gets off on the right foot because they have been considering the tank. Um, that's going to do it, though, for the week one previews. Uh, we will move on to everyone's favorite segment, the Fade Geno 5. I got to pull up the lines. But I, I, you know what, Gino? I'm feeling, I'm feeling generous. I will let you pick first. I don't mind spending every day whipping together a three-leg parlay. <laughs> okay, make your fucking okay. pick, you psycho. I have. The Seattle Seahawks right now as my number one lock it in pick of the week. This is as much to do with Seattle as it is the storylines heading around Los Angeles right now. Cooper Cup's going to miss this game. He's probably going to miss another four, potentially more weeks. I like what Seattle did all offseason. They added weapons in the passing game. They bolstered their defense. I think it's coming back strong. They're a fast defense. They play very, very well and physical at home. I think they're going to shock Matt Stafford in terms of their pocket pressure, and he's going to be running for his life if he can't check it down to Cooper Cup all game. I also think that the Seattle Seahawks offense, last year they're out to prove it wasn't a fluke. They're going to come out, score, in my opinion, 24 to 27 points. I think they hold the Rams to less than 20. I have this one 27-17. Seattle wins by 10. They certainly cover the spread. Geno's lock of the week. Yeah, I don't know if you're just trying to get a rise out of me with that one uh, because you know that I am a Rams fan. I will say this. On paper, yeah, sure, good line. The Rams are going to stink. They, and honestly on the reverse side of things, both play each other very tough when one team is supposed to be way better than the other. Last year, the Rams were ass at the end of the year. The Seahawks needed to win, and the Rams took them to overtime. So, I wouldn't be shocked if this game is closer than people think, but the four point what is it, four points? Four points. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a good line if you're a little cuck boy. Uh, for my first pick, it's square for sure. Uh, it's probably a similar logic. I'm square now. I am taking the Jags. Oh, you jag off. <laughs> I'm taking <laughs> The first site that I saw them on, they were four and a half, but I don't know that four and a half and five are very different. I'll take them five. Uh, their offense is fired up and ready to go. And, you know, things just the, the, you got a rookie quarterback, you got a a running back who's holding out. I I won't claim to know much about the Colts defense, but I just, I don't think that they're going to be able to keep up with the Jags on offense. Uh, and it's a relatively high over under. So, um, 
I think the Jags get it done. I think they probably win by closer to two touchdowns. You want to hear a great stat about that game, which is why I love it? You like my pick? What do you think the Colts' record is on week one the past 10 years? Oh, Gino's doing the face. Uh, two and eight. One, eight, and one. One, eight, and one. <laughs> they tied. They had a tie. They had a tie. I picked them in the survivor pool week one, and they lost against the Jags. Do not take the Colts in week one. I love this pick. I'm all over it. Gino's number two pick of the week. This might be a, another homer pick because I stuck with him a lot last year, but I like the line. All about the line. Right now, you get him three. Some books, three and a half. New Orleans Saints, minus three. At home against the Titans. You're not going to need it. Three and a half for three. They'll cover. I think this team, first game, Derek Carr at home. They're going to come out with something to prove. On the other side, the Tennessee Titans, I don't love the storyline all off season. Aging veteran quarterback, two young, one-year, two-year quarterbacks, trying to figure it out. A few guys banged up, a few guys left in free agency. I think the Saints come out. There's something electric about the Superdome, especially early in the season with that kind of buzz and that kind of fire. They're going to come out 31-21. to 21. They'll win by 10 as well. I don't think it's close. I think that score is not indicative of the how actually dominant the Saints are going to be. Titans are going to be playing catch-up late. Big Saints win. Yeah, I mean, again, another one I like on paper, but I, I think divisional matchup, it could be. Or no, it's not a divisional matchup. Well, Just kidding. Not even, in, in not even close. Right? Not even in the conference. But I, I just think, you know, I, I think that game could be closer than people give it credit for. My second pick, gross. Gross on paper, but I like to do... One favorite, one dog in this segment. I am taking the Pittsburgh Steelers plus two against the San Francisco 49ers. I don't think Brock Purdy is good. And I, you know the stats uh, of the West Coast team traveling across the country in the one o'clock time slot. And it's week one. Uh, You don't even have the ability to like, be in a groove of, of practice and, and traveling and staying in a hotel. I've heard a lot of good things about the Steelers. People think their offense is going to take a step forward. Their defense is good. Um, I think that the, the Niners are going to have to rely on the running game. And if they go down, which I think is possible, you might not be able to do that. And um, I'm going to ride them plus two. I think they're going to win, actually. But we're, we don't do money line, so I'll take the two points. I think the 49ers are not ready for this one. I think Brock Purdy is going to be rusty. Uh, Gimme the Steelers, who I think actually might make the playoffs this year. Uh, I like could it. be a hot take, but I, I think that they're going to get it done this week against the Niners. Look, that is a sharp pick. I love that pick. You're fading the public, and I'm all over that. I'm all over the money line, too. I think they win. If you remember last year, week one, who did the Niners play? I'll tell you. At Chicago, pouring rain. They were supposed to beat their ass. Everyone had them survivor pool. Exactly. They lost. I think it's a better team in Pittsburgh, and it's a harder place to play, albeit there were conditions last year. I love the Steelers. I'm all over them. Okay, time for the can't, can't lose. Parlay. Parlay. Got time that up. We're on the clock, too. The, the boys are, are getting ready to smoke a joint outside. That I think we have up. like two and a half minutes. So. We got to time that up a little better. What was the deal? We, we, we collaborate, for the, take, po- we collaborate for the, the money under. line. I take the over. You take the under. The money line is going to be the Falcons. We already locked that in pre-show. Look at me, Sniffs. Look at me, Sniffs. We already locked that in pre-show. Yeah, yeah. Gino's winking at me. We didn't yeah. lock that in pre-show, <laughs> but I'm down. I'm down. I, I like I the Falcons. I knew you love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so if you have an over, you let me know. I have an if under. If you have an under, I need to peruse. I, I This is on the fly. Okay. Um, 
the under that I like is going to be Denver Broncos of the Las Vegas Raiders under 44. I think that game is going to finish 20-17. to 17. I think it's going to be low scoring. I think the Raiders offense is going to struggle. I think it's going to be very similar to the New Orleans Saints. The home field effect with a new head coach week one, Sean Payton. It's going to be a tough place to play. But on the other side, the Denver Broncos struggle to put up points, especially if Jerry Judy doesn't play and you're easing Javante Williams back in. Low scoring game. I don't like it over 40, but over 44, I like the under. Uh, I have another game with a 44-point total. Love it. I am taking the over 44 points in the Ravens-Texans game. And I think my thesis here is that I think the Ravens are going to go over 30. And I and I see a world where the Texans, they don't take their foot. If they're down 35 nothing, they want to score. They want to get the rookie involved and confident. Uh, I could see this game being like a 35 or even like a 42 to 14 final. Um, I do think it's going to be a blowout in favor of the Texans. I think they're going to cover the majority of that spread. Give me the over. Let me cook this up real quick. I have it. You have it. Plus 431, 2186, Falcons money line, under 44, Las Vegas, Denver, and over 43 and a hook. Texans at Baltimore. I love it. I love I, it too. I feel more confident about the last five minutes of this pod than I did the first 35. Tell you something about how much the gummy hit me. So, <laughs> the Fade Geno 5. We're so back. And next week we have a sponsor for the Fade Geno 5. We do. And we will be hammering that just for transparency and consistency. That's pod. Enjoy week one. Uh, we will be having another holy matrimony between the owner of boats and his beloved. God bless. Go get that corn. Corn mass.